0: Hello, and welcome to the Justin's Stride podcast. I'm your host, Justin Pugliese. If you love endurance sports, you've definitely come to the right place. On this show, we'll talk to athletes, coaches, and professionals who can help us reach our true potential. Being a student of distance running for over 10 years and interviewing people in the sport for the last five, I've learned a ton, but there's always more to discover. Everyone has a story, and I know you'll resonate with each of our guests as we embark on this new journey together. Join us at home, on the road, or while you run. Together, we'll have some fun. So follow along on Instagram at justinstridepod and your favorite podcast platform and prepare to be inspired. Come along for the ride with Justin Stride. This episode is presented by our friends at Exact Nutrition, a tasty and healthy way for you to fuel your body before, during, and after a solid training session. I can't leave the house without a few fruit bars in my pocket and they never make it back home. Exact is offering you 15% off your order when you use the code JUSTINSTRIDE. So head to exactnutrition.com and fuel your goals today. I'm actually recording this on my 39th birthday. As tradition would have it, I woke up bright and early to complete 39 kilometers to celebrate 39 years of life. With that comes some reflection about running itself and why I do it in the first place. Sure, the tests we face on race day are great, but it's the daily act of lacing them up that's what I enjoy the most. Endurance sports has given me structure, strength, good health, discovery, adventure, pleasure, and of course, the sense of community. The goals we set will change over time, but movement is something that can remain constant. On today's episode of Justin's Stride, I touched on all aspects of running with elite marathoner and writer Peter Bromka. Peter's love for running is clear, and it's been part of him for his entire life. It was a pleasure hearing about his journey, from his pursuit of the Olympic trials, coaching, training, and using creative outlets to share his passion with others. Certainly, he's had an influence on people through his accolades, but it's his words that resonate and impact fellow runners all over the world. Peter, thanks for joining me today on Justin's Stride happy to be here yeah it's been a bit it's been a little while yeah last time uh well i just, I just told you like i was recording our conversation on a different show it's three years ago and uh, three years Started of the pandemic years. yeah exactly um in the in my parents basement but now it's a, bit of a different <laughs> setting you've come a long ways this is
1: great yeah, yeah i mean i am actually well i'm in a my office is a closet. It's my son's closet that we've turned into an office um, and decorated appropriately. I think three and a half years ago, I was sitting under a blanket, like in an actual closet surrounded by clothes, and I was just so eager to like have a deep conversation with you about running. Um, you know, we all remember that time. It was like in the beginning heart of lockdown, and you're just like, I want to use my mind. I want to like explore ideas that are not thinking about the world. So that was super fun. And yeah, I feel like in some ways it was a whole different world. And also time has flown by. It doesn't feel like that long ago for some reason.
0: Yeah. And it's hard to believe where we've come from, you know, and running was just stripped from us at that point in time. It's kind of crazy to look to look back on that, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I definitely um, I mean, at the time I had a sense. It's been honestly a struggle for me at the time when the lockdown occurred. I was at like the peak of my lifetime fitness and I had this eerie sense that like I would never return to that fitness and it's sort of proven to be true. Um, I knew that, I think we all knew like, oh, this is going to last a little longer than where you would like it to and life is going to change on the backside of it. Um, I think what's crazy to me is how, yeah, like we got to see that years rolled forward people like myself got older um like moved sort of into different life stages and also a whole bunch of new people showed up to the party like there's this all these stories of like oh i only started running when my gym closed and i'm like wow that's what it took you i mean we're off obviously hearing the outliers like the people who just have taken to it like gangbusters and are crushing and you're like you you kind of like always sort of ran, but you only seriously started running when there was no like Pilates class. Okay. Um, and now <laughs> you're just like flying down the road. Awesome. Um, So whether it's, I've been joking, like I used to know a bunch of the people in New York city, for instance, has a lot of run clubs and I'd see them on Instagram. And now I'm like, who are these, all these kids? And I'm like, oh yeah, they're just like, The recent college grads who moved to the big city and my friends are, you know, I'm still in touch with, but like all sorts of new faces on these scenes. But then I think the biggest thing that we keep like remembering is how many people either came to running during the pandemic or like doubled down on their running during the pandemic. And I mean, most... Infamously, we just saw it last month when they Boston announced that like the cutoff times were insanely fast, and everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And I think even the BAA Boston Association was like, "What?" But like, there's no way to know except for these trends have been exploding. Um, there's just like so many exciting new things happening in the space. So um, in that sense, yeah, it really is a different time.
0: Yeah, and it's a it's a blessing too for so many. I think. To get into the sport, you know, it's a sport that we love. Uh, we love when people are also sharing that same thing that we have experienced or are still experiencing, and I think it's it, I think it's great, you know. Um, was is it kind of a tough realization for you? Like as I mentioned, coming from peak fitness, um, maybe it was a, a realization that you faced maybe slowly, uh, wanted to deny it. Um, But like, is that like is that difficult? Because I mean, you were, you know, flying, just missing. uh, Yeah, I had just missed. Yeah, I had
1: PR like many times, um, and it's just so easy to say things like "aging happens to all of us" or like you know, my as a close friend of mine likes to say, "like it's better than the alternative," which is like. If you don't slow down, it means you're not here anymore um, or you're not running at all, you know, like to be slightly less dramatic. It's just like it is. And yet it's something to grapple with. Uh, It's a very different. I lived a very fortunate athletic life where I was for almost a decade, like progressing every year. And so then to watch to walk the backside of that and still be very physically capable. But um, as my friend said recently to me, like, it's like you're playing with the same controller of the same video game, and now, like you can't help. But uh, if you play the same game, you're gonna see your own ghost. Like a, to use a Mario Kart analogy of like that up ahead of you, and just thinking like, if you fixate on that, it can have all sorts of distressing like psychological effects. So yeah, I mean, it's not to be. What I'm struggling with it's is it's not easy and i'm figuring it out and yet i don't want to be overly dramatic and act as though like it's a death it's a loss it's a you know fatal blow because i'm still healthy and flying down the road you know despite um and at the time i think when we were talking in 2020 i had just sort of very publicly gone on this pursuit of the Olympic trials qualifier in the United States with my friend, Tommy ribs, who I'd gotten to know through the process. Um, right after we record, it comes clear to the world that he's very sick. He goes through a very famous now journey. Um, and he's back and he's running the New York city marathon for the third time next weekend. And yet his lung capacity is so massively diminished that he, you know, posts always has posted quite poetically, but most recently has been posting writing at greater length about what it's like to pursue the same sport uh, with a totally different body, you know, in those different chapters. And so his chapter is so well pronounced with very nearly losing his life and coming back. And I mean, honestly, like figuring out how to move again and figuring out what to call it. Um, so, you know, it's like when you, when you're looking down at your watching, you're like, man, I wish I was seeing a couple of different numbers and you're in my body. <laughs> I try to maintain some composure and some perspective of like, um, you know, like other people aren't able to do this. I have teammates who are super injured and like, they can't, you know, find that release in running. So I try to really appreciate it. And one thing I wanted to go back to for a second there, you said like, you know, there's a lot, there's new. People to the party, like this is a sport we love, and there's new members of it, and I just think that's like so important to keep reminding people is it's a huge sport, and there's many experiences. Um, I was joking with a friend the other day that there's like a two by two, you know, like a classic consulting graph of like there's slow to fast and total jerk to totally nice, and like (laughs) I've met people all over that map, you know, Um, because people will be like. Boston qualifiers are jerks. And I'm like, oh, some of them are absolutely jerks. Like if you invite 35,000 people to a party, like some are going to be insecure. They're going to be, uh, you know, nervous about their own belonging. And so they're going to be rude to other people. But like, if we live in this weird society of like, there's enough running to go around. Sorry, I just switched there. Like, so when people are like, I can sense that some of my peers get like a little bit, like they're clinging to something in the past when they're like, there's all these new runners and they don't, and I'm like, they don't what? Like, just appreciate, you know, what, and I'm not always like totally Zen appreciation, but like I have friends who will push me like, why are you irked at that guy? Like, what's he doing? You know, what's his expression of running have to do with you? And I think, you know, we're not always going to love each other's, like everyone's expression of running. Um, But I try to maintain some, composure around like yeah there's a lot of different ways to do this sport and um not everyone's way is going to be your favorite but like that doesn't you know we don't have to push each other and push others out just Mm because like we want to do it a certain way
0: yeah and yeah the comparison stuff is always challenging you know especially with the you know social media being what it is and like, you, you know, somebody that you might see or follow may not be who they are on social. There, there's so mm. many aspects to that. But all our, all our journeys are different through running. You know, you mentioned Tommy, like, uh, had him on the show, like, met him in Boston. Yeah. I mean, and I think he said, like, you know, people love a good um, comeback story at the time. And then looking – remembering those words and then seeing everything oh. that he went through, like, Oh my God. And so, you know, then you put yourself in in perspective, you check yourself and you say like, well, I might've slowed a bit, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. But yeah. I have a lot to be,
1: a lot to be thankful for.
0: Yeah. totally, yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and I think that's where, yeah, I just try to again, focus on that positive, but also keep looking for that new, thing that gets you excited i'm my the latest club i keep telling everyone about are the tortugas out of chicago who they're i just like growing up in the 90s you know i'm a big fan of the teenage mutant ninja turtles and there's a group of runners that like um clearly identifies with being like a slower runner being a mid to back of the pack and like hitting these marathons over many more hours than i do um but then just really embracing that and having like cool iconography great uh you know just spirit around it. And then even putting out like I think an important message, which is like if you want to say that you show up for all runners, then you have to like essentially pack snacks. Prepare for it. Like if you're going to go cheer, don't be like piecing out at four hours if there, if you know there's going to be six hour marathoners. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Like that's a very positive uh way to frame what I've seen other people be like, these guys are jerks. Like they didn't stick around. And you're like, I mean, who, who knows? Like I don't like who knows what someone else is like what they expected and what they prepared for. So it's better to frame it as like, Hey, we're going to be here all night. We're going to party. I've been telling people about this. um, It's like dance after dark at the New York city marathon um, where it's like the welcoming people back in the final hours of the, Mm -hmm. the finish line, still being constructed to try to like say, Hey, not only it's one thing to say like, Hey, we should all stick around at the finish line for like nine hours or I I don't know, eight hours for after. (laughs) um, It's another to say like, hey, go do your thing, but get back here because it's a party and you'd be missing out. And you're like, we all know, like a little bit of fear of missing out is more motivating than being like shaming people. Like you didn't want to stay at the finish line for 10 hours. I mean, the other thing is there are waves. Um, I think it's worth remembering the logistics of a huge marathon. Not everyone starts at the first gun. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who I've heard from people who are like, I mean, by the time my third wave started as a, um, you know, like many of the people in Brooklyn had already like moved on to their day to go get brunch. And you're like, oh yeah, that's like, I mean, these things are enormous and we're (laughs) obsessing. I'm talking about like one marathon in particular, but I think it extrapolates over to other things. I mean, I, I'm more of a fan of the trail community, trail running community than a participant. I do it occasionally. Um, But there's like i've heard of stories of guys like running in to the end of a race and then almost competing like one guy dropping to tie his shoe to finish dead last (laughs) to be like be like i got it (laughs) i'm dead last and like this is at 100k this was at 100k near my house where they have an early start like if you know you're going to be slow and i think it goes off at like 6 a.m but they're like hey if you want to start at 5 a.m because you're going to be out there all day and You don't want to finish. So if you're starting at 5 a.m. and you're finishing after dark, like power to you, you know. Mm
0: -hmm. Totally. I mean, this is something that's kind of stolen from the triathlon community. You know, having done a few Ironmans, you know, this is a a big thing in their community where people come back. All like athletes come back once they finish this thing. And they've been out Mm. there. 10 11 12 hours and you know cutoffs at 16 and they head back to the back to the finish to cheer people on i mean that's in kind of encompasses what if we're gonna make it available try and make it more available to people we have to be accepting of every type of runner and i and i, I had to laugh like you wrote an article like april fool's article about like what a runner is i'm ah. like i love that one um yeah. i'm not gonna like um reference all your all your writings but oh no
1: it's a it's fun to revisit
0: it was pretty like funny because it's like you could argue against all different types you know and... oh yeah
1: so so anyone who's not listening like i was writing a newsletter every week um back in 2020 into 21 because i again like felt like my brain was stagnating and i wasn't getting these so i just challenged myself i'm gonna publish every thursday and i realized in 21 that thursday april 1st was going to fall on a thursday so i'm like oh wow i don't really do (laughs) do satire or like um humor all that much um but i realized that there was this just an angsty conversation about like who qualifies as a runner and who doesn't and um so then i systematically like picked apart all runners Boiling down, barreling down, like digging down into like the fact that like Meb Kofleski has been known to run with headphones. So like he doesn't count and like other people in like before, you know, it, like no one counts. Like, oh, like that guy, I heard he runs with his phone sometimes. Like, get out of here. Um, so it's just like um, it's a good reminder that like we take these things so seriously because we love them. But like, let's try not to take ourselves too seriously. And let's try not to like... Um, I mean, I I can still be consistently flabbergasted by other people's behavior. I was running a road race recently and I get out and I'm with these two other guys. And I had been like, I'm not looking at my watch. I'm going to start my watch, but I'm not even looking like I got to check in with myself. It was a 8K. So, you know, like five miles of just like blasting, just like go, 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 go. Um, and then go some more. And so I was just like, I know the first mile is going to be. Something obviously, but I don't really want to adjust based on it. I want to adjust based on how I'm feeling and maybe people around me. And so I didn't look at my watch, and then I hear this like British voice be like, "One mile split, five zero two or something," and I'm like, "What, what is looking?" And I look at the guy next to me is wearing his phone, and he has the <laughs> GPS voice reading out the, the voice, reading out the split. I'm like, "No, like." <laughs> And I mean, it's like totally judgmental, but I mean, in a race, you can get to pretty judgmental. I'm like, this yeah, yeah, yeah. not beating me. There's no way I'm letting this guy beat me. Um, So, I mean, I beat him. Like, that was great motivation. <laughs> uh, you know, I congratulated him after the line, and I think it's ridiculous to have your splits read out by, but like, that's teachers each his own. Like, that's his thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I had to find some like intrinsic... Uh, motivation for that one, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. and I like what you said too there, where you're listening to yourself in a race so many times, like you have a goal and you want to achieve it and you need to know the number, like some people need to know the numbers, every K, some people can kind of feel it out and feel the pace. And like, is that something, maybe a shift in, have you always been that way? Have you always well, felt it out that way or? It is interesting
1: as I'm descend, as I'm like sliding off the backside of this mountain of fitness, which I'm calling it, um, I'm recalling that. So I grew up running, and then grew up as a kid, then in a middle school, high school, ran in college, and then kind of got away from it after college, for a bunch of reasons. It just wasn't my focus, and I was like kind of afraid of really wanting to have goals because I tried really hard in college and injured myself a bunch. It's like a whole, it's a journey a lot of people go on. And I just went through it intensely in college. And so then coming out of it, when I came back to running and marathoning in 2013, 2014, I was just dead set on like, the one thing you're not going to do, Peter, is run through injury and like lie to yourself about like, oh, maybe it's just a little like, twinge it'll be fine like it's just i was running in pain in college all the time and it just was no fun so i come back to it and i had some good success with that like progressing my marathon times but i would always go into races like i ran new york 2014 2015 um and i did i was able to do it based on feel because i like i kind of wanted to pr like i had run 236 and i was like oh i think i could break 236 if it goes well and it turned out to be a nice weather day um but i was still very respectful of like what the watch says and how you feel is like all this it's all very squishy and it's all gonna get hard later and at some point you just stop looking at your watch and try to get tough and all that jazz and so then that carried me for years and through several prs of just like i actually ran well at boston twice and people are like, it's too hot. You Like, everyone's going to fry. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's certainly distressing. Like, I wish it was cooler. But um, I, I don't know. I wasn't writing about the experience quite as much at, at that point. And I wouldn't have, I'm not sure how I would have articulated it. But I was very much enjoying, like, I had healthy respect for how hard it was going to be. And I tried to, like, feel it out and not obsess the splits. I would like, literally, I remember 2014 I ran Boston and I was doing a bunch of running with a heart rate monitor and a GPS watch. And I was doing running, I was out on a workout with a bunch of guys and I was like, okay, I feel pretty good. I could tell I felt good enough to sustain that pace. And then I looked at my watch and was like, what pace is this? To try to like inverse figure out what might I head out at at Boston? Mm Because I didn't want to have like no idea um, But probably without even acknowledging it, I knew that like my decision of what a pace should be was not going to be a very like way to figure it out. But I get a lot of, I get contacted by people around the world like, okay, how do you break 230? Like, we got to make, and I see it all the time. Like, I see people I know be like, marathon pace is 542s. And I'm like, well, that's not a random t- number. That's an exact number that gets you to, th- and like is that really your marathon effort or is that just something you decided like i'm not getting out of bed unless that's my marathon you know every morning uh to train and so it's just like i see both sides like i then after those periods gained a tremendous amount from pursuing the olympic trials qualifier which in my experience sort of like flipped the script and made it like okay we're chasing this pace I'm going to keep trying to find this pace calmly as possible um and that was a whole thing you know that was a whole experience but what i'm realizing to your point now is like as i'm slowing down a little bit or just like for a whole host of reasons not able to train at the same level i'm having to kind of go back to that thing of like i mean i did this morning i was like i've been having some mediocre workouts by my own standards and this morning i was Thankfully, able to like, I got out like it was pitch black, and I have this tempo loop I do, and I'm like, I'm just not even going to look at my splits. Like, I'm literally put. It was kind of chilly, so it helps you like pull up your sleeve, cover your GPS watch, and you're like, it's going to buzz every mile, but I'm not looking at it because that I can't. I'm learning again. I can't let that define my success. Um, I need to find it in my own internal rhythm, Um, and so yeah, I, I mean, I'm hopeful that that is. What I can get back to. I always preach it to other people. Um the I was joking, I started coaching and um, uh yeah, I have like um handfuls of athletes, and my I was joking with my wife. I'm like, I have these athletes who ask me because they're paying me (laughs) what the pace is, and I tell, and the long answer is I don't know, you tell me. (laughs) And there, and she's like, Well. See so, yeah, how well that goes over, and I'm like, no, no, no I know. It's like a, it's, it's a process. It's a back and forth. It's a like, and then you know, collectively, I really love. I think what thing I love a team. Like I love a team. Um, I love like working on teams, and I love being part of teams, which is like too, super cliche, super cliche, and very true. But like, I'm all in. Like if I have a partner, and so what I like, I very much enjoy the saying we in coaching, uh, particularly over remote coaching, even though I know like I'm not going to be the one running down the road and I, I won't unfortunately be able to be there with them going down the road. I would love to be on a bicycle, like next to them experiencing it. But I like to say like we, because I think it accurately reflects that we're figuring this out together and they're going to be the one who executes it. But I want them to feel like they have a partner in deciphering, like all these bits of data. And so then, yeah, I think there is a period where then I say, Hey you seem to have found seven, 10 per mile, you know, two weeks ago. Let's, let's head out on Saturday at like seven to 10, even down to 655. Like it's a range start on the range that you've found before, but don't be afraid, like quote unquote, we're going to try to see if we like what under seven feels like. Um, and that's, I think that's, it's like that. It, I think there's the power in the mind is engaging like maybe that's a possibility. Maybe I need to like deconstruct any, what barriers I have up to pursuing that. And uh, my hope is that I can help people do that, you know, proactively as opposed to like having to come up with it in the moment and mm-hmm. have to like scramble. I don't, I want to feel like exciting all those things, like the things you're, you're going to be spiraling, like are you going to spiral upwards or are you going to spiral downwards kind of thing?
0: Mm-hmm. I, I think, th- and I think to your point, like, I also starting to dabble in some coaching as well, but like pace can limit the athlete depending Mm -hmm. on what they're doing. And I like for myself, even, you know, pace can stress you out without knowing. Um, I'm trying to like actively in my own workouts, like relax my shoulders, Mm -hmm. relax my face. And that helps me find a form that allows me to go at a speed more comfortably you know and mm-hmm. um without really trying to nail down numbers when i look when i look at it afterwards i realize that i hit the required what i think is is where i'm at because um because i was relaxed because i was focused on just moving my body in a calm way at a high speed and a higher speed i should say um and i think that's really where the magic is you know rather than like mm-hmm. okay i'm not hitting 345 i'm going to use kilometers here but like yeah 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 or whatever the number is 4 minutes or 430s or whatever on that workout and it takes away kind of the stress and it just like you focus on the work and that from today to tomorrow could be different too right so
1: yeah uh, yeah absolutely the that's where people who there's increasing amounts of data collection and so it's like um you know whether heart rate is changing based on the factors outside you or inside you, you know, whether you're hydrated, dehydrated, what the temperature is, um, those numbers can really fluctuate and they can be helpful. Um, But I don't, I don't love talking about them for too long because I'm like, yeah, it's gotta be a feeling that then you can replicate. Um, And yeah, I would much rather focus spend the time focusing on what are the feelings that you're experiencing and like, like you're saying, okay, this is the pace. Um, what are the things I can focus on doing to make sure that I'm doing it as I'm running this pace as relaxed as possible. I'm like, I'm now locked arm, you know, side by side with another runner. And am I, I got nowhere to be except for right here, moving down the road. Like, can I check in with all the elements of my stride and try to relax and, Yeah, I think stress comes from all sorts of directions and if you're stressed about the stress then it's really it can be compounding for a lot of people very quickly so yeah I'm I'm trying to impress that on people and at the same time like not be afraid to find the moments where you are going to risk failure and without like becoming a too much of a like failure is the beauty of you know pursuit like too much it's like oh no just like try some workouts where you go I had a friend uh, he's coaching a woman and we suspected from her splits because of how quickly she would finish half marathons we're like she's holding back she might not know she's holding back <laughs> and but like she certainly has more to give and he had a great tactic where he just asked her to like okay it's a 10k six miles um, and I wa-, he wanted her to just run miles three and four as though it was like a four miler just like really push and get after it and then He's like, you're going to probably slow down in mile five out of six, um, but I want you to just, you know, be that we are creating a space in which that is okay, because I want you to be pushing in the middle in an irrational manner. Um, and yeah, I mean, we're sort of talking about two things that are probably confusing for a listener, but like when I'm saying the way I was running and the way I'm running now, but like the, when I was pursuing the Olympic trials qualifier and I broke to 20, I did it by just being like, okay, all of these safeties, I'm just going to like take them off. I'm just going to like, there's, I'm. it was like taking flying, like totally manual and just being like all of these, uh, we've always joked, it's like the dashboard of the plane is like beep, 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 beep. And you're like, yep, that's fine. Like things are like, all the alerts are going off because they're like, you are exceeding X percent of VO2 max. for, <laughs> And you're like, yep, that's going to be how it is. But I do think it's like, as long as you within a reasonable zone, uh, practice it, then it makes, sets you up to be able to replicate it on race day. So like, there's a lot of discussion around like the optimal pace curves and (laughs) I feel like we're going to be the most boring pace conversation ever. But (laughs) if you look at my most successful marathons, I was gradually slowing throughout, not like got out pretty hot, slow down in the middle and then slow down at the end, which sounds like for a lot of people, the recipe for a slow, bad marathon, but I was so used to it that I was, I would just like cling to those few seconds. And I would understand that my body being fatigued after two hours was going to run, was just going to move each stride slightly less efficiently, Mm -hmm. but that, um, But I was so used to it that I hung with it and I didn't let that discourage me. And so then I was able to, you know, run some times that I'm super proud of, even though technically I was slowing down at the end, which is like, okay, like however you want to approach it.
0: But maybe effort wise, you were feeling the same, you know, it's like like you put the effort to just hold on, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you're like, okay, it's gonna, to keep it close, it's going to get really, really hard. But like, so, I mean, it's all just... I think of that as like a 300, 400 level course to use a university analogy of like, I was so deep into marathoning at that time that I was able to slice things extremely thinly and know all those nuances. And that was because I was so well-practiced at the time. Whereas, you know, if you step away due to injury, due to life changes, and then you come back to it, you go, oh, might want to like, you know, leave a little bit more margin for myself Mm -hmm. Um, because I'm not totally sure what the backside of 22 miles is going to look like And what, if you practice, if you are fortunate enough to practice enough that you do like, that's very familiar, then you're like, okay, I'm pretty confident. I'm going to know what that's going to feel like. And I can like head into that with eyes open. Um, So I have coach, I'm coaching athletes who I'm like, it is, it's like, let's just, let's say like one guy I'm coaching, super fortunate. He's crushing it and he's leveling up, leveling up. Well, that's awesome. And yet it also leaves him in a precarious space where he's never really like, run over 20 miles at that pace because why would you it's that's not a workout that you would do in training you save it for race day so he is in the he's gonna have to go through the like painful experiences of like we're gonna dial in all the details and then we're gonna try to say like remember like this pace we have lots of data to show us that this pace should be sustainable for you know, 18 plus miles. And then it's just about toughness. It's about like all the mantras and all the form cues and all those things. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I get, there's a lot that goes into this. (laughs)
0: Where, where do you feel like you got the biggest, uh, bump in your fitness? Like when, when did you take it to the next level? Can you pinpoint something or was it just, you know, like I would say, like gradual over time?
1: I mean, it, it was all the things I just always come back to like, you need to run as much as you possibly can. Um, And then my joke is like, but you probably can't run as much as you wish you could. Um, So, you know, most athletes will pick a number and they'll be like, I want want to run 60 miles a week. And I'm like, okay, um, how long, how frequently have you found comfort and sustainability at 60 miles a week? And, you know, then it's a conversation of like, maybe we can touch on that. Um, So I, at the time in 2018, 2019, there was a coinciding with me writing about the journey. I, you know, I bought more weight equipment. I got more consistent with weight training. I increased my mileage. And then honestly, like none of it would have happened. I've said this a lot without my training partners who, Mm -hmm. you know, um, allowed me to allowed me to slip into workouts and find paces that just because it was like very clear cut, it was very like stick with them or fall off. Um, And week to week, month to month, it would be, sometimes I would stick with them. Sometimes I would fall off and, that allowed me to rise to a like bit by bit to a higher and higher level. Um, Not that we weren't hitting some of those paces in training earlier, but to do it more consistently. So then to get all these congruent uh, systems firing together. So, I mean, sometimes it's funny as a a remote coach, I sometimes feel like I'm peddling something. That's the antithesis of what uh, gave me success because I did so much of my running with others. So I'm the, I, but I, I joke about that because I think a coach can help a remote athlete, uh, even as long it's more about communication and it's more about the holistic, uh, lifestyle that they're cobbling together as a team. Mm
0: -hmm. Because
1: if Justin, if I was coaching you and you were like, Hey, I want to meet up with these other people. I'd be like hundred percent. Yes. You know, as long as they're not like dramatically slower than you, like you let's make that work. And like, tell me more about what they're going to do. And like, let's um, I really am not a believer in there's like magic in the you know sixty five second rest, not seventy five second rest type of thing. you know, I'm just like no the the strokes are so much broader than that because it's about uh so much so much more work i I sometimes think when people are like geeking out on these little details, I'm like, okay, but it's about you know, I'm holding my fingers very far apart, like it's not about like these millimeters, it's about inches deep of work that you are doing over time so yeah in 2018 2019 i just went like heads down and was lifting all the time running all the time and but still like ebbing and flowing with it season to season so allowing myself to recover a decent amount um and that was also when i just had had sort of sussed out those routines well enough over from 2014 2015 till 2018 like i had a sense of my mileage and uh, running routines. Um, you know, I had a, I had a, I had a lifestyle and routine that like was pretty well worn. And so I had a sense of like, Oh, I could probably increase these, this easy run a mile or two. And it's going to slowly turn the dials. Not like, Oh, I'm going to layer on a whole new system that I had never tried before.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot of your, I mean, a lot of your writing is relatable, you know, and I read your pieces. Mm-hmm. You always have a kind of have a lesson at the end or a way to connect Anybody. It could be an elite runner, or it could be someone like just starting out, like a way for them to feel like you're speaking to them, you know? Mm. And so now you're coaching, like how do you keep it relatable? And also with the body of work that you have, with the with the amount of experience you have, how do you keep it like also simple for them?
1: Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think what I try to do is just honestly, it's like I've been thinking I it's as simple as me getting in the empathetic mindset of like I care getting in a zone where I care about their running deeply. Like I really care about them succeeding. And so then I'm able to empathetically like translate what are all the ways, what are all the things that I'd be worried about if I was in their shoes. So I've like put myself in their shoes. So I'm sitting there. I mean, there's a woman who I'm coaching, she informed me she's going on a trip next week. So I'm like, oh shoot, okay. Like. And so then I immediately switch into like, okay, we're gonna move this workout out because like I sure as hell wouldn't want to be on this trip and have to do a long run with structured, you know, like intervals. <laughs> like you're not like, hey guys, I'm super chill. Uh yeah. you know, if she chooses to have more or less like drinks with friends on a Friday night, like that's a lifestyle choice. And I actually don't know about her diet really, but I um it's just like switching around the run so that you by thinking through what are the ways what would be most nerve wracking for me or most anxiety inducing and it'd be like oh needing to find a track when i am you know traveling the world okay can we switch that to a minute based fartlek that could be done nearly anywhere based on so um yeah yeah i mean those are the things and those are broad strokes but like it is like oh here's about the time in the season when nutrition becomes really important because you know run Duration has increased. Has this person thought about nutrition and bringing gels and like potentially doing a more boring long run so that they can loop around and pick up bottles? Or I mean, you know, all hail to the people who have a friend willing to like bike next to them and offer them a (laughs) bottle. I've 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 only had that once or twice in my life, and I'm like, (laughs) man, you guys have some great friends out there. Um, But like. It's some, so it's like being that thought thought partner. I think to think, okay, what are the ways that I, um, you know, what are the ways that I failed years ago, and then what are the ways I adjusted, and what are, what are the ways we adjusted as friends to say, like, well, we wish we could do that like sweet trail run, but it probably isn't ideal because we're going to try to do a track workout a few days later, and truthfully, it's like a very hilly, like beat up your legs. And so like, you you flip it and you go like, okay, we're gonna we'll put that at the point in the season when we want to beat up our legs for the adaptations and the gains. But um, yeah, I think it's, as I've coached more athletes, I've realized like, oh, wow, I've just been obsessing this game for a decade. So yeah, there's a lot of elements to it that and the sciences change, like moves, like, incrementally, you know, like, we learn things around nutrition, we had a young guy come in years ago, we were doing like a 22 miler in September. And he's like, how do you guys think about nutrition, about hydration? And we were like, Oh, we try not to <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like such a naive, like just like bravado way to answer that question. Yeah. Um, and it was on a trail that like, it's, you can't, I mean, it's off in a forest and you can't get nutrient uh, hydration. So, mm-hmm. you know, sure enough now, when i do that i often run it with a hydration vest and have found you know and people will be like uh hydration vests don't work for me i'm like okay how about a handheld like or like the the front flasks like hurt my ribs and i'm like okay how about a back hydration flat a vest you know like there are a lot of options and people are trying things that um they just we weren't even thinking about too much uh, even a few years ago and i mean i I'm so I am fortunate that my father um, when I was young was a runner and he was a runner in the marathon scene in the 70s when it was sort of the classic running boom. And I'll ask him questions like, why didn't people do X, Y, Z? And he's like, Peter, no one thought about that. You know, like he qualified for Boston in like 78, I think it was. And he um, he was injured like he was just straight up injured and he went out, he went to Boston and he ran and then he had to like walk the final miles and he really hurt the bottom of his foot. I'm like, why didn't you just like not run it and run a race later in the year and then qualify for the next year? He's like, Peter, no one thought about it like that. Like they were just like, you you qualify for Boston, you got to go. Um, and I'm, you know, people still injure themselves at Boston. We're not fully smarter as a sport and as a, you know, collective conscience, but it was just he's like there's any number of examples like that. He's like no one thought about it like that. Like it just was like we were all figuring it out. And so you know I try to be open minded to like what are the things that people are doing that I might be uh, again like might might rub me the wrong way. But like I try to check yourself and be like why is it rubbing me the wrong way? What is it about the way they're doing it? Um, I mean the big. <laughs> Not to get too controversial, but there's like a a big (laughs) debate around like people who record themselves while racing, you know, Uh Um, you know, Um, and I've I've sent these YouTube videos that get suggested to me to different friends. And we're like, we've joked about like, okay, where's the line? Like there was a guy who just ran pretty well in Chicago and it looked as though he started with a cell phone. And then there's a video of him running down the road later and it is clear that he's not holding his cell phone. So maybe he passed it off. But then he finishes with a GoPro. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like it's a it's a different mindset to say, like, and coming into the final two miles, yeah. I'm gonna be digging for my life, like digging for all I've got. And I'm gonna come over and grab Justin's hand, grab a GoPro <laughs> from Justin's hand so that right. I can but you know, like he's very aware that like whether or not it's his lifestyle, like his financial income is dependent on it or not. I'm not sure, but he really wanted to tell that story of the finish line and then with embracing his friends. And so he's holding a GoPro. Um, and I'm becoming good friends with my teammate on relay Kafuzi, uh, Mike co who will run the whole race with a selfie stick, uh, and a wow. GoPro on the end. And he trains it. I have seen video of him running hill repeats without his GoPro, which is a nice reminder that like at times he is, he finds ways to set it down. um, but he's done, you know you can't say he it's, you can't say he's not trying because he has posted many videos of himself like really working hard at uh, breaking three hours at Grandma's and at Tokyo. Um, but it's not, uh, it's not the traditional way of going about it, and mm-hmm. it looks different, um, but it's also allowed millions of people to follow his journey, and so there's a trade-off. Um, yeah. But these things. They rub the traditionalist mindset the wrong way. And so it's uh, I interesting. mean,
0: and it's been passed down to you, you know, and you see like maybe how spoiled we are as, as marathon runners now, you know, um, with all the aid stations that we get and with all the, like, do we go with carbon shoes or not? And like, you see what these people were stuff. running and your, your father included. And like, man, it's like, it's in your blood, but it's like, wow, we have it real good now. You know, we have the it real good. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's hard for me to imagine what like my son if he chooses to run I mean I'm sure he'll just be active like what we can't conceptualize like what he'll have in the same way that we didn't have GPS watches and crazy shoes I mean I will say I have become slightly like philosophically obsessed with the idea that we all run but we all hit the ground in our own unique way and some of my friends hit the ground in a very forceful way and some do it in a very gentle manner i'm just convinced by because i have friends who are like oh yeah the shoe lasted me 600 miles and the outsole didn't even wear away and i'm like what are you talking about you know <laughs> and they'll they'll be right on that same run relatively like the same speed of an athlete as a guy who keeps having an achilles injury because the way he hits the ground like it's just forceful and like explosive and We know all sorts of athletes who, you know, make it up through the university system into the pro world and they just like really blow their feet apart. They're like Achilles pain all the time. And I'm like, oh, so with that in mind, I've realized this, the stories we know from the sixties and seventies, we're really only hearing from the people who had the type of body and gait and like movement pattern that was able to sit stay healthy relatively with those shoes that were like you know just the most fundamental little slabs of foam mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm sure there was just I'm sure if you went and asked all sorts of people would be like oh yeah I mean I tried to run but I got like super injured and I just gave it up um and maybe those people would have been incredible runners but the the thinking at the time was like yeah you just you throw in the Nike waffle racer or the like onitsuka tiger like you know slab of like foam and and that's the best thing there is and it's people are psyched about it but at the we would consider it like oh no like your whole body is going to hurt and they're like yeah that's just <laughs> running <laughs> that's what running is called yeah so
0: i mean you got um, some yeah. pretty you got some pretty great like photos and me- memorabilia back there does your dad like ha- like still have some some old memorabilia like that's interesting to look at
1: um yeah where's he has like I think well we have photos of him running Boston with the like Nike Waffle Racer and I think those are I can't remember if those are around I ran in middle school in his Adidas track spikes from I don't know like the 60s or 70s wow. like but the beauty was my high school still had a cinder track like red cinders um so I was using these like very long spiked Adidas spikes from way back in the day, but I was still running on the surface that was like kind of comparable to what he had been running on. And yeah. then while I was in high school, we moved over to like you know proper synthetic surface that that those shoes were less conducive to. So yeah, there's definitely some of that stuff kicking around. And you're you're just like it just bends your mind. You're like, um, and at the same time, I'll say <laughs> um, in 2019, I was testing the Alpha Fly the year before it came out. So you know, most people listening to this will have seen the alpha fly, like airbags up front, um, big gap in the middle, middle of the shoe. And then a heel that's made out of foam. It's just like an aggressive shoe. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know, as if, as anyone who's ever worn it will attest, you need to engage the airbags in a certain manner or else like your stride it's so bouncy. Your stride just gets like, like ricocheted all over the place. And so you know, quite famously, Elliot Kipchoge broke two in the alpha fly in the fall of 2019. But like that man has the most impeccable form from the first stride to the last stride of a marathon. Like he's able, there's this great video I saw once of him coming around through the Brandenburg gate and like, man, his stride is just so Mm -hmm. smooth and like Mm -hmm. his knee drive and his foot extension. I'm like, he's 26.1 miles into a marathon and his stride is perfect. Um, So for those of us who are not him, everyone else, like we're all in this spectrum of like being more tasked with trying to make this alpha fly work. So I just thought it was hilarious because my dad put on my alpha flies and ran down the block and was like, he's 72 at the time, I think. And was like, oh my gosh, that would rip your Achilles right off your body. And I'm like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah, dad, like you got to like really be ready. Um, (laughs)
0: it's like
1: hopefully you've been deadlifting, right dad um like (laughs) no no i've not um so Uh, these things that we task ourselves with nowadays also might be like more aggressive in uh, in ways that you know could be dangerous almost for our stride but you know um there's a lot going on there
0: you do you think do you think they can do more harm than good those types of shoes like
1: oh i think for certain people absolutely yeah um there's a lot of back and forth Like medicine rolls forward as well. Like I've been, I don't know if you've heard of Hagelin's deformity, which is like a bone spur basically in the back of your heel that causes, I'm going to get this wrong, but like Achilles pain based on like the sheath of your Achilles being inhibited by its movement. Um, I'm like, I didn't even know about this procedure that it existed a few years ago. And now I've known a bunch of people who've gotten the procedure and follow along a lot of pros who have had, I done and I, there's a lot of suspicion of like what begets what. Like it, it it seems a little simplistic to say like super shoes that have bouncier foam is just leading to this. But it, it is like oh, um there's all sorts of new sensations in shoes and you know ability to train hard, um, which like again it's always been possible to run say like 150 miles a week, but only a few people did it that could that could sustain it. And we, we would hear about them. And now, you know, uh, with the information flow, like I follow a handful of guys on Strava who run like 150 miles a week. And I'm like, more poetry, man. I don't know what, what to say about that. Um, but yeah. I'm sure that some of that stuff, so sometimes I'm like, is it a physical, it would be satisfying to say like, here's a physical object that injures people. But I'm like, well, um, there's also all sorts of ways of training that could be more aggressive and it's not as though I'm sure someone's tracking like are there more or less of this injury or that than there used to be Mm -hmm. um but I I do think I mean that's been a big conversation topic is like these really fast shoes came about on the the most elite they were you know released to the top of the front of the field first and as they've trickled down gotten to different runners i've had friends who run like four-hour marathons say like well actually you like this shoe but i like this other shoe because it's a little bit more comfortable like after three hours and i'm like oh okay like that's a very really valid thing or i mean what i one thing i'll just say is like a close friend of mine who runs similar paces he and i are lifelong friends and have very we have basically opposite strides like he basically almost has a heel strike and then rolls through. And I have almost like a four foot strike, and I try not to like tiptoe down the road. Yeah. Um, and so we will actually like swap shoes. Like he'll be like, this shoe's horrible. And he'll hand it to me. I'm like, oh, I love it. And then I'll be like, oh, I can't stand this shoe. Um, I've run, you know, it's like that thing where you've run 30 miles in a shoe, and you're like, to be totally honest, I hate the shoe. I'm going to give it to you. Um, it's like, yeah. I've run in it too much to return it, but um, I want someone to get use out of it. So then we've, we, Get such enjoyment out of opposite shoes that it's a nice reminder to me that anything someone says about a shoe is just their own personal experience with how the sensation works, Um, mm-hmm. and we each hit the ground differently.
0: And I think you got to have the engine too. You know, you got to have the engine for it. Like you can't mm-hmm. have a Civic uh, engine in a Ferrari body. Someone once told me. You know, like when, oh. like back to triathlon, like with the bikes and stuff. Like you know, I was using you know, my road bike and other people have these tri bikes and, you know, it's like 3000 versus 1000 or Uh 15,000 versus, you know. Um, and I think, you know, I always tell people just try on a bunch carbon, Mm -hmm. non-carbon, whatever. Like if you're trained, you'll do it. You know, uh, it can make, a I think a marginal difference, but for most of us, how much that's going to like how much of that is going to attribute to their success, what they, what they want as success, you know, it's debatable, right? So. Yeah. And
1: there's so many factors. Um, and yeah, that's, what's crazy about coaching athletes is you're, there are so many variables that you're going to end up discussing. And what I try to say to them is like, I want all these things. I'm not an expert in every single one of them, but I want to be your thought partner. I want to be your co-pilot in thinking through, okay, what is your nutrition strategy? There's some best practices we can employ, and then you but you need to feel out what's working for you. What is your shoe choice? You know, I've had an athlete just the other day say, like, I haven't run the Alpha Fly since last year, but I've been running in the Adidas uh Audi Pro. And so I'm trying to decide. I'm like, I think you've made your decision. Like, I think you have seen success with the Audi Pro, at least for now. Like, if you want to run next year in the in a different shoe, but like I would prefer you stick with the one that you're uh that you're not like deciding based on like your race kit about how it's going to look on race day, but you're like, Oh, I want to like go with, um, and I mean, I think I always like, I love that car analogy of like the engine and the tires and the chassis. Cause I, um, I become like a broken record about how much I think lifting weights in your basement is like the, one of the biggest X factors in in the same way that we all in success and so in the same way that we all hit the ground slightly differently we all i wrote a piece about this like how do you get hurt like we all get injured in slightly different ways and so um w- the biggest the biggest step change from like my college days to my marathoning days was the introduction of kettlebell lifting and just like doing these things that kept cuz i would always get injured by like my hips getting out of alignment and a hip and uh like my legs hitting the ground wrong and then i would get all these soft tissue damage like you know my calf would be like super inflamed and it was just always painful um and then to find out like oh yeah the things you do to keep your i always think of it like a house like you have to keep stabilizing the house and if there's the factors change it'd be like a house going down the road because your house stays in the same (laughs) spot but like if your house was on wheels and suddenly the wind's blowing it one way you're like i need to build up the right side or else it's going to blow over um Mm -hmm. i had like yeah a dad a local like neighborhood dad was like how's your hip feeling didn't you say it was hurting i was like oh yeah it's feeling better thanks for asking and he's like well how did it It just healed up and i'm like oh man you don't want to know how how much time i spend like on the floor doing like ridiculous like mobility and activation stuff (laughs) like i don't want to think about you know it's just like i think of that as for me and this is not true for everyone but for me it's like the um the pendulum swing like i can run i learned a few years ago like i can run and that beats up my body in a certain way and then i need to do certain strength and mobility to like almost bend myself back the opposite way to stay Mm -hmm. in tune or else if i just like and we're all guilty of it like I'm going to run a long run and go straight into brunch and then go straight to the mall. And like, and then you're like, I'm tired, but also like I can feel that I'm like out of whack. And if I just, um, so I also, (laughs) another thing I have, my athletes probably, get annoyed at this, like in so many of their runs in the week, I'll be like, take note of how your stride is feeling. And like, you're welcome to stop and like move through some mobility. Cause like I've, I come up with an analogy that like 10 miles of running, um if you're feeling if your stride is true and like in tune can will do about as much damage as 1 mile of running if it's not in, like if you're out of whack you know yeah. if you're just like just not feeling it um and oftentimes people will say like oh i felt horrible today and they'll get into very like existential like i'm not sure if i care about my race or like if why am i doing this and i'm like you might just be like out of whack um you might there's any number of factors so we try to dig into that but I think oftentimes we get out of tune and there's no way to quantify that. There's not like how many, your recovery score on your whoop or something, you know, it's not about sleep is super important, but like if you're, if your stride is off, it feels horrible. Um, but but how do you put a name to that or how do you put a number?
0: Yeah, I, I can totally understand what you're saying. Like that was me. I did a marathon, um, in the, in the spring and then didn't quite feel right. Like my hip mm. was like bothering me and like, wasn't motivated. Like I actually just like, I was running every day. Then I went to running like two every second day or every third day. Cause I was just like, I, like, I'm, in, I'm like not right. And I'm, I'm just going to back off here. And I spoke to my coach and I'm like, look, I feel like I need, like, I feel like I need a strength plan. Cause I'm mm. this aging body is like not working for me anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's a different body
0: it's yeah it's a different
1: ch- chassis and it and that's actually I think what's funny is strength um yeah all we know is like we need sometimes we feel really good and it, things just click and flow and other times they don't and so I'm a, like not that someone needs to be doing all of the things but I think there's many different methods that can lead someone to feeling to getting unstuck and feeling in flow again so you know I think it'd be a little exhausting if you're doing too much strength and mobility and activation and yoga and, you know, like people work with chiropractors and massage therapists and, you know, trigger point um, needless, needle people and you're just like, okay, whatever you want to try to like keep yourself in that zone of feeling good. And I think that's the bigger indication of like, is this working or not?
0: Right. Um, how would you prioritize all the things that it takes to be a good runner? So like if it was like easy runs, workouts, nutrition, recovery, like, oh man, strength training That's a good question. Yeah. That's a great
1: question. Um, I would definitely introduce strength training after like some, I mean, the first and foremost for me, it's like, if you finding t- pockets in your I love to talk to my athletes about like, what are the pockets in their week when running works for them? And so I, this sounds like I'm like selling my coaching services. Like I start (laughs) by, by, I say like, cool, I'm coaching you. We've started to partner, but I'm, you're going to lead me for two to three weeks so I can watch how you train. Um, Because I think the biggest mistake you can make is changing too many things too quickly. Um, Your body is like very attuned to the things you've attuned it to. Um, So I think after a certain amount of, uh, you know, number of, if you're running over say like four days a week and you're not lifting, I'd be like, okay. um, As long as you're willing to take any pains or aches or pains so seriously that you like stop running until they're gone. Because to me, lifting like re again, rebalances the body. And um, there's a lot of focus on strength training, like you are saying, you sort of alluded to it, like strength training to like get stronger versus to get more durable and to allow that like fifth run of the week or sixth run of the week, or, you know, let's, let's say if you're hoping to run every single day, um, there's some people who just like are sort of naturally in tune their bodies. But I would say for most, most of us, I think it's fascinating how we talk about like, You see in the running world, we talk about mileage and methods, like what types of workouts. And yet we're all coming to it with different body composition and different strides. Like we're both sitting here in chairs doing podcasting right now. And so this is the antithesis of what we, you know, at least we're like, we're off our feet, you know, we're not like beating ourselves down, but we are, I'm like, I get a little bit wrapped around because... I don't necessarily want to quantify like what is Justin's hip mobility range. Um, And there's an optimal range and an unoptimal range because I don't want to like get too obsessive about like, see, I I found a number. There's always that thing of like, when you go into the PT, they could, you are in pain. (laughs) So like they can give you a number and be like, we need to make this number higher or lower depending on what angle it is. And you think, okay, that'll make my pain go away. Hopefully it will, but it's not really the number. It's like how your body's moving. So I just always say to, I try doing, I am not a strength coach. Um, I am not certified in strength training, but I'm like, okay, I want to work with you as a runner to figure out who in your life often like locally can lead you through developing a routine that works for you. Um, so like I have over, since we talked in 2020, um, I've On multiple occasions like drop shipped on amazon kettlebells to friends houses (laughs) because they're like oh man i just need to stretch out my hips some more and i'm like no man you need to be doing some like goblet squats you need to like drop down and push up and like be strengthening and stabilizing that house that you're like rattling down the road you know so um yeah i think all these things become symbiotic in terms of like you know i am not a you know registered dietitian but i am like oh yeah the people i know who perform well are constantly thinking about you know treating themselves right to like pay off the next day's run i think it's the thing i think of I like less about like the micro um nutrients and more like okay what are the things i know will like regenerate my me to feel good tomorrow and is if you're thinking about yourself tomorrow then you're inevitably like said you're already aware of like oh these actions have consequences so mm-hmm. yeah um, as like as um, mileage increases I don't think there is much of a I've I've yet to work with an athlete who like really is trying to do that thing where they like i've I've heard people have success who are like okay I can't go above X number of miles so I'm going to supplement with cross training and I'm gonna like try to hack the system with less mileage than Um, And more mileage can be 50, it could be 60, it could be 70, it could be 100, 120, like, it is relative to where you're coming from. But I think that, um, for the most part, people find success later later on during the race of a marathon, if they've been able to run slightly more, slightly more consistently over the preceding, you know, three to six to nine months. One of my athletes is like, I can't wait to see what the training plan is for Boston. And I'm like, well, Like, spoiler alert, you're already training for Boston. (laughs) It's October and you're putting in good work and you're not the type of person who's going to let it all, you know, disappear over the holidays. And so, yeah, we're going to, this will, this will set you up for the next thing. And to me, that's like the, it's a different way of saying like embracing the process and loving the lifestyle.
0: Right. Um, and you know, you're embracing your own process, I could say, you know, through your running experience. You're writing. Now you're incorporating other things like you see your setup oh. here for podcasting, uh, run yeah. retreat. It's really all encompassing. And how are you liking those other mediums for, you know, spreading the good word, sharing your voice on running? So many people like look up to you and read your work. I'm sure now like putting a voice to it is also uh, great with relay podcasts.
1: Yeah, I mean, podcasting is, um, so for those that don't know, a friend of mine, Matt Chittum, the rambling runner on podcasts, uh, he reached out to me and a handful of people and said, like, I'm thinking of uh, creating a a little conglomerate, like nine of us um, podcasting together. And actually, a year ago, we thought it was going to be podcasting, video and writing. We came to see that the nature of our collaboration worked best in podcasting um, in audio form. And so that's been an interesting learning. Um, You know, I've been, I appreciate you asking this question because I've been thinking about it more. And the thing I keep landing on is something like super simple, which is um, like the doing of the act, not the talking about it or not the thinking about it. So to me, it's like the debate around like, who's a real runner? And I'm just like, runners run. Like if you run, you're a runner. And if you continue to run, you're definitely a runner. And that settles it. And that sounds like, oh, thanks for like the t-shirt, Peter, like the t-shirt slogan. But I'm like, no, I say it to myself, like I'm working on a book about running and I'm like, writers write, Peter. Like, don't think about writing. Don't like wax philosophically about writing, like put your butt in the seat and get the thousand words for the day on the page. Um, And that'll be the true thing that, keeps you moving towards what's authentic and what's true, as opposed to posing as a one thing or another and like doing just enough to sort of keep your, you know, keep it at the, as the headline in your title. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've been challenging myself to just be like return to the craft, whether it's running, whether it's writing, whether it's podcasting and think through like, how could I do more of it in a way that is, Uh, exciting for me. And that's what I always try to say. I've said this before, but I think for writing, I always try to remain true to like, I try to come back to like, what's interesting and honest. Like, so, you know, I'm, we're all runners and I've been a runner for decades and I'm like, I'll notice things be like, that's sort of interesting. And I'm like, huh, why is that interesting? And I'll try to pull on it. And that's the foundation for a lot of the writing I do. Like, oh, that was interesting. Or I'm experiencing this. Huh. Is it exciting or is it nerve-wracking or is it like makes make me anxious in some manner but then i really try to be honest and like dig into like what's really going on there and sometimes it takes a while for me to expose like oh actually below that like uh nervousness is just like some fear about like what it would mean for my social group or what it would mean you know like i, I mean i been thinking i've been trying to write about like my interest in the trail scene and there's a lot there because like it's not my scene and so it's like it would be a different physical sensation it's a different community like do i worry that i wouldn't have as much success or wouldn't have as many friends like there's a lot to unpack and it's just like trying to dig into that level of honesty about like what's actually what am i feeling when i think it through whereas um like not to be critical of anyone else's style, but when I see stuff that I'm like, why does that bother me? It's often because I'm like, that's not authentic. Like that person, that person's not being honest with what they're actually feeling. They're just like, Ooh, this is flashy. This is a thing I could say. And it could be true. I mean, I've, I've harped on this before, but the idea of like a hot take um, is like, Oh, could someone stand over there and argue that point? Okay. Maybe they will, but I don't find it particularly interesting and I think it eats up a lot of time if someone's just if I sense that they're doing it out of like a desire to, you know, make a name or like uh, just essentially attract attention mm-hmm. um, because I'm like, oh, if I know something's true and deeply authentic, if it has multiple sides to it and if there's like opposing forces where I'm like, what's well, sort of true in th- sometimes and it's not true in others. So, like, that makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um And so, yeah, as I try to, uh, I got into writing about running because I was like, wow, I've had these deeply emotional experiences I want to capture forever. And as I continued writing, I kept wanting to capture and like almost, you know, put a box around something that I'm like, that's interesting. I want to hang on to that. And as long as I'm doing it for myself and trying to translate it as true as possible for others in that direction then i think it's um it gives me trust that it'll stay at a quality that i find that i feel good about whereas um i think if people say like what could i write to find attention like that's fine um i find and i certainly come across those people you know it's like they and i'm like i'm less interested in you know flash in the pan attention that could be drawn to something then oh could I make something or capture some the essence of something that's really wonderful that could live on and that could be like that people could return to because it speaks to the truth of their own experience. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah I always think of it as like it's gonna start with me. I love, I mean, but I've also loved nothing more than interacting with other runners around the world who reach out and say like, oh I also said like experience this. Um, I wrote in the spring of Uh, 2018 I wrote an essay called burn the boat that I think we talked about like last time we talked. Yeah. Um, But I'm, and it was just all about my desire to go all in on the Olympic trials qualifier. So, I mean, I go, I reread that every few years. um, And I'm always blown away because people will send it to me and be like, this essay really inspires me. And I'm like, that essay was exclusively for me to try to like translate all of my thinking around this crazy goal. Like it's probably going to fail in these ways. My friends are, my like friends of friends are going to probably laugh at me for these reasons. <laughs> like, and yet people say like, oh no, it's so deeply, I mean, the the writing truism is like, in the specific, there is the general. So um, it's so deeply specific that other people, to my surprise actually, have found it generalizable and applicable to their lived experiences. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh wow, that's really cool. Cause that's not how I thought about it. Like I thought I was just, painting a picture of one man heading this direction with his friends to try to qualify and people have been like oh i've i've been fired anytime i get lose interest or like start to not lose interest like start to get nervous about my desire to run a boston qualifier or to you know, like run my first 50k on the trails like i'll return to that essay you wrote and it'll reinvigorate me to um because i get i wade into some of the like the almost spiritual or almost like the deeply emotional elements that I was going through at the time and they're like and then it it helps recenter me and I was like oh wow that's really cool because that's not how I meant it um but it means that it's working well
0: yeah and i think you know in communication in general you know what you put out and how someone receives it too can be different you know like mm-hmm. like you're saying like how you intend for it to be received and then how someone receives it or how somehow they they connected to something going on in their life that might not be exactly the same, but yeah. in the same lane, I think that's that's really interesting, and it's also like eternal. I think that's what's great about your writing is that it's for you right like you're gonna have these pieces that you can look back on for years on like really important moments in your life or feelings that you're going through and I think we so a lot of times we go through life and we just think things or just go about things in a certain way. Mm. And I think people that take you know write diaries and stuff you know that's kind of similar in the sense they put it down on paper but i guess i guess at the essence of it it's also nice for you to look back and see your own evolution through the sport through your own um create creative
1: path also i mean i've written some essays that i can see on medium like only 500 people have read and i'm like that's okay like that was a i wrote one about um when I ran the Cal International Marathon in 2017, it's called Together, and it's about my friends and I, like, deciding we were gonna go big on this marathon together, and it just, uh, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so glad I wrote that down, because it's, like, it's just something I'll have for the rest of my life, and I think, I, I mean, I feel like we've already covered this, probably, but to put a bow on it, like, if I wrote an essay to try to motivate you, Justin, it would just be, fundamentally different than me documenting how I'm motivated, but then I'm also like afraid. And then I'm also like excited, but nervous. And, um, I just find there are a lot of, I mean, <laughs> this is, what I, I also try to keep it like very positive in my writing, not because of like other anything other than like, that's just what I care to spend my time on. Um, I'm less, uh, altruistic, like in my, in my like chatting. And I mean, like right now I'll just be like, there is a lot of people out there trying to make a name for themselves with what I call hustle porn. And it's just (laughs) like, go another grind, grind, grind. Like, um, and we can each be attracted or, you know, repelled by different forces. Um, the, and I, I, nothing in the same way our stride, everyone's stride is different. Like the people that they're attracted to a friend of mine who like used to play football and he's like a good, he's really a deep thinker in my mind, but he sent out a newsletter that he had spun up. Um, and his three people that he was motivated by, I'm like, this is really interesting, man. I am not motivated by these people. Like, um, I mean, most notably like David Goggins does not speak to me. And that's okay. Like (laughs) he speaks to a a huge population and for a whole bunch of like very legitimate reasons. Yeah. I find it like to be the most positive. I just find it like very, I feel quiet inside when he's like yelling at me. Mm I'm just like, Mm -hmm. okay. Whereas like I could play a song by like, Bon that makes me want to like rip a 20 miler you know and so we just have different amplitudes inside of us and are motivated by different things and so it was interesting he challenged me back he's like who who inspires you and i'm like oh that's interesting um it was harder for me to name because i think it's i'm deep in the sea of so many different influences like different people of different paces and they're less like figureheads who've made a name for themselves and make millions who like inspire me. I'm more like, Oh, I'm equally inspired by like that one post by that one guy who no longer runs anymore, but man, like when he was running, he captured it perfectly. And that like, you know, kept me excited. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of people like that who have made a name for themselves by being very loud about their, I'm here to motivate you. And I'm like, Oh, I'm I'm, I mean, we're talking it through right now, I guess I've settled into a cottage industry of like, I'm trying to figure out how to keep myself motivated. And by documenting that other people are like, yeah, totally. I go, I go through that too. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like then, then we're in it together, but I'm not like, um, yelling at you and telling you like for $15 a month, I could like help you stay motivated. I'm yeah.
0: Like, what are we talking about, you know? How so. how would you want to be remembered? You know, you put so much stuff out there mm-hmm. you now for the masses and and you have quite a, a, an audience now, you know. Um ears to to listen or eyes to read.
1: Oh, you know, it's interesting and that's why I'm I appreciate you asking. Um I put out a few articles. I put out an article about Tommy Ribs uh our, friend in the fall of 21 and how he was returning to the new york city marathon and how this basically brought me to tears and it was so deeply emotional for those of us who had ridden that journey with him that i documented it i wrote it like i basically someone said like could you write this article for trail runner by like tomorrow and i'm like oh gosh no like i have stuff going on and then i my brain just like went haywire and I was like, okay, I have to write this article. So I wrote it very fast, uh, worked with an editor quickly and got it up and people enjoyed it and it was fine. But I was like, okay, there's something deeply meaningful there that I've like captured something at a moment in time that I hope will live on. And so then as, there's a long way of saying as a result of that article that got some awareness more and more blogs and corporate blogs and different people reached out to me for like hey would you write for us in essentially what i started to picture was like that flywheel of just like got to feed the machine like more and more you know could you could we get 300 words on this or 250 words on that and i instinctively was like ah i want to run the other way and i so then i thought it through and i'm like the other way would be a book, would be slower, would be more documenting, what's the larger story of what is this beautiful thing that I adore, and that I obsess, and has all sorts of pluses and minuses to it, you know, Um, and so I'm increasingly, not that I won't write short, shorter articles, you know, Um, but I'm hopeful to, I've been, people are like, what's the book you're writing about, and I'm like, I mean, it's a whole, it's a whole bunch of things about the journey that I've lived, but really it's about love of the game, like for love of this game that we all love. And I wrote like a faux book uh, proposal um, just as a practice, as a exercise. And I was like in the paragraph saying, you know, most running books are written by uh, the elite elites who've lived like amazing people who've lived like amazing running won championships and um retired from amazing pro careers or from people who've overcome like just incredible life obstacles and hurdles and um, those are both like really interesting inherently interesting journeys that you want to hear from my story is neither um but i have so deeply invested myself in this game that we love over so many years and it's been so like amazing back to me and given me so much that if i could capture the essence of that i think it would be really meaningful to me and to other people who identify as like uh their life also is made richer by this game that we love and so that's what i'm trying to capture to speak to that more like i'm pretty proud of how i shaved a bunch of minutes yada yada off um you know my marathon over the years but deeper inside that is the more like universal story of someone who just really loves the game of running.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you that too. Like, what do you think has had more of an impact, you know, that pursuit or the way you write about it?
1: Oh, (laughs) um, I mean, yeah, it's like the two are interestingly similar intertwined, but different. I've been joking. I've on Relay podcast, I've been saying it more and more that like, I'm able to go back and read, for instance, in the fall of 2020, six months after, probably about when we spoke in spring of 2020, I was starting to think about like, wow. So I had, I had traditionally like written a race report about some of the, my successful marathons. I'd like write a ra- I'd write a report, an essay about a race and one-to-one. And then as I really got into the OTQ chase, I was having trouble post-race writing anything other than short Instagram captions like it was just too much going on in my brain and in the experience. So then I sat down during the quiet of 2020 and wrote a 6,000-word essay about the two-year pursuit and that was called The Bubble of a Dream which was like well received and I look back at it and I'm like that guy was a crazy person. Like I'm so happy I wrote it because it helps me even see myself from the outside and be like i deeply felt those things and i still can associate those feelings but um damned if i don't really always feel them nowadays because i was so deep in it um and so i i'm very thankful that i that i documented it when i did um and as i revisit those things to try to write about them at greater length like unpack them further um it's It's really helpful for me to have like captured some crystallized moments in the process um but also like i think we i encourage i encourage everyone to like write about their experiences and not be afraid in the same way that like you shouldn't be afraid to go running down the street and it's easy for me to say that because i've been a lifelong runner and i look like the stereotypical runner um i know that's not as easy for other people of different body shapes and skin colors to just like throw themselves out there running down the sidewalk. Um, and I'm, I, but I try to say like, Hey, anyone who's judging you about your pace, they're an asshole. (laughs) Like, it's not that they're fast and therefore like, and you're slow and therefore yada yada. It's like, no, they're being a jerk and that's inappropriate. Um, in the same way that, you know, I love when people send me their essays about their races. Um, I get a lot of like, anytime I put out a call, like, different people will send me like, this is just in a Google doc and I didn't get it published anywhere. And I'm um, I'm like, yeah, send it my way. Like I, I think we're living this human experience and like, why not, you know, reflect on it and make it richer by, you know, unpacking the experiences. Um, And people will say like, oh, this is, this will never, never get published anywhere. And I'm like, man, that type of thing is the publishing anywhere in 2023 with all the know online platforms we have is like akin to saying like i'll never be on a podium why even enter races or why even you know do events and i'm like yeah i mean the podium is it's its own it's a different thing and it has all all sorts of forces at play um but in the same way like getting published one of my biggest pieces um most widely read piece ever uh the marathon doesn't owe you anything was like a love letter to the marathon that i wrote in 2018 um runner's world. I sent it to runner's world complete. Um, and they were like, thanks, but no thanks. And I was like, okay, great. Um, they're like, this isn't the style of stuff we publish. And I'm like, okay, great. So I put it on my medium and you know, people have, uh, (laughs) turned it into t-shirts. They put it on buffs. Like, um, some of my stuff, they've, this woman posted a photo of a tattoo that she got on her hand from like stuff I've read, I've written. And so I'm like, the answer is not to only look to, you know, established editors to like give you permission to document your experience and tell your story. Um, and I know that's easier for me to say now that I'm further down the road, but I like to think of it as like a reminder to myself. Cause I'm like, I am not at the end of the road for myself, hopefully. Um, and I, in the same way, like finding, getting permission from an editor to write about b- the Boston marathon was not how I went about it then. And so I hope it's not how I'll go about it going forward.
0: Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you, which, which, um, piece would you, if you could choose one, would you have people read? And maybe that one would be,
1: Oh, I mean, so the craziest thing to me is I had grown up a runner and a writer a little bit, but I had and blogged and blogged fine, fine, fine. Um, in the fall of 2014, I run the Chicago Marathon, and my dad experiences health, uh, heart health issues at the same time. And coming out of it, I sat down and wrote, uh, "Raised a Runner," about my family's upbringing and my life as uh, a person who was not religious but was spiritual, and my parents' upbringing in the Catholic Church. And like, damned if that essay didn't just like come out almost fully formed. And I'm just like. There's times you're like, wow, I've written enough essays since in the last nine years to know like that doesn't always happen. Um, And so I, that's my first essay that I ever put online. And it's one of the ones, ironically, I'm most proud of because it like, it didn't take that much work, but it came straight from the heart. And I, again, had no agenda other than like, holy shit, that experience I just had was incredible at the Chicago Marathon. And for some reason I knew it could, I had the inkling to write it more as an essay with a presumed audience than to just like write it first person for myself. Like, and then I did this. And then I did this. Um, I was just like, I experienced these elements of family and community and um, you know, trial and error all coming together. And so it's, it's funny for me to as a writer now to say like go back to the very first thing i ever did Um, (laughs) but yeah i definitely hold that up and i link to it when i have the chance because i'm like that's uh the truest embodiment of the of the game of the love of the game and the love of the lifestyle as there is because i wasn't like i was just choosing to try to break an arbitrary girl in it i described a friend was like I've always wanted to break six minute pace, which is like 237.20. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll try to do that as well. And so that became my goal. Um, and uh, that extracted or like generated such meaning um, that I was blown away. Um, not saying, oh, I think I like this goal would make a good headline, X, Y, Z.
0: Uh, Given everything that running has given you in your life, what advice would you give to somebody looking to enter into the world of endurance sports?
1: Mm. Oh, man. Um, I I mean, I think about it through the lens of like, what time I try to flip it in reverse and say, like, who do you it's going to be about the people and it's going to be about the time that you spend out in the world. Um, so who are the who are people you're intrigued to spend more time with? And then what are times in your schedule in your life that uh you feel like have you have an inkling you could create more um meaning through movement? Mm -hmm. Um so I I just try to I'm working with a guy now as a coach who has gotten away from it. And he was like, you know, truthfully, I'm not in the shape I used to be, but I'd love to work with you and you know, try to get back to some of that fitness. And I'm like, yeah, but like, we also have to be realistic about where you're at. And I, not just like, Oh, they're, there, like pedantic, you know, like, um, but very much like, let's embrace it. Let's like, look, you know, can we find time in the morning or can you justify time in the evening? Or is there time at lunch with your work schedule? Um, Because if you're telling me that you're, if you're at the level where you're saying, um, this is something you'd like to do. Then let's like immediately start to identify the blockers as opposed to like making it all about motivation. And like, I'm, I just got to be more motivated. It's like, no, no, no. Like if you're up till midnight with doing cause of your job, like getting up at five thirty is going to be really tough and it's probably going to not be advisable. So it's like really trying to lean into that sustainability thing, like finding a way to make it joyful. Uh, my wife once said when I was heading out the door on a Saturday run, she's like, I get that it's what you have is like kind of perfect it's like feels good it is goal oriented and it's social like she's like my you know workout classes aren't exactly that so i have to cobble together like social time with friends and also things that are exciting and that and for her like her movement of her body through space it the style varies season by season or year by year you know she'll try different classes or different modalities um it's important for her and for our family that like she's moving because mm-hmm. we're human, but it's not, um, <laughs> people are like, do you talk? I was like, Oh no, I don't talk to my wife about run- her running. Cause like, <laughs> you know, she's like, don't look at me. And then she'll be like, you didn't give me a kudo, kudos on my Strava. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't want to like, <laughs> I didn't want to wade in, you know, <laughs> because it's just like, it's so many things to so many people that it's like, yeah, just trying to have respect for where you're coming from and build from there. So it's like another one of those, like the place to start is where you're at and like build from there. Um, and so I'm as, there's a bunch of, you know, these like team relays that occur all over the world now, these like all in a day, a couple hundred miles. Like there's a group of parents in my neighborhood whose kids go to the same school as my son. And I'm super motivated by like their journeys right now. Like there was a guy right around the corner and he started running in may because in july or in august he was gonna have to run on this relay and damn it's been fun to like watch his transformation and his love for it i mean it's so different than mine and to me that's like okay yeah he's like finding the time he's like deciphering some of the you know foreign concepts around gear and um you know movement that i'm like oh yeah i mean i'm happy to answer questions but also like i want to state matter of factly, like your lived experience is going to be so different than mine that like, I don't want to assume that I know. And I mean, this is manifested in my coaching, I have not so far taken on anyone who's super new to running, because mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's the lived experience that I'm most aware of. Um, and like best able to help with, whereas I think there are really great coaches who are newer to running. And they're like, listen, you're gonna, is that thing, like the empathy of putting it, themselves in the shoes of others and saying, you're gonna struggle with this because I, you know, I've seen a lot of people struggle with this. And you're like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, it's just like finding those ways to make it sustainable. Cause I'm like, cool, if you want to run this month, let's talk next month and see how it's going. Not like, you know, um, because I'm me and other people who love this game are gonna be here. So like let's just keep uh like rolling it forward and finding ways to make it awesome.
0: Uh, and how have you been able to make it work with you know, you work, you run, you're a dad, you're a husband. Is it, have you found the secret recipe for that?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I have a, I live a very uh, comfortable lifestyle, I would say. Like, I don't uh, do manual labor all that often. <laughs> so, like, I'm able to, like, and then my, my work schedule is flexible enough and has been for years that it's like, um, it's been a priority that I've, it, I mean, those are those things where like, I have friends who work in, say, the startup space, and they'll work, for you know, like, 16 hours a day, and then they'll, like, they're eating crappy food to, like, um, order it in. And, like, there's so many, uh, when I hear about my buddy's lifestyle, I'm like, there's so many ways that you live that I are different than how I live that I, that, yeah, like, almost run through this conduit of, like, that would be bad for running, that would be bad for running, and that would be bad for running. Um, It's not that running's, like, the center of my life, but it is, like, a routine that keeps a check on a lot of other behaviors um so I've, I've sometimes like when philosophizing with friends about like our different work lives, like I'm like, oh yeah, like, I definitely don't only work a certain way so I can maximize my mileage, but I' am like, oh, I can't imagine working in a job that didn't allow me some flexibility throughout the day, even if I have to get up at five thirty to get in mileage, you know mm-hmm. like I, I don't know, and that would just be, be a very different life so i what you're hearing is me like sort of shirking that question because I struggle with um, telling anyone, yeah, telling anyone how to live. And I've had people say like, I have three kids and I have to work like 10 hours a day. Like I'm just not sure if I can make these goals work. And I'm like, yeah, neither am I. Like it might not, you might not be in a life stage where it works, but I will say, so that's like the me stepping out of it um, and saying like, It's got to work to some degree. What I I do challenge some of my, the more I think about this game, I've said to friends at times, oh, like American, particularly American, like capitalist culture wants you to like watch football, drink beer and like sit in your chair. And like what we're doing is oftentimes very much the opposite of that. And so like, there's this idea that like, if you go running, you're a bad parent because you're taking time away. And I'm like, yeah, but like American culture would have you like sitting there being like, hey, give me another Budweiser while I'm like watching the game for six hours. Um, <laughs> so I'm like that's not parenting like that's there's there are moments of shared experience there, You're but right. like damned if I'm not like my son knows that I like when I'm off running, like he gets to do other stuff and then we'll spend time together when we're together. Mm-hmm. um so I do think there is elements of like you have to get everyone's buy-in and and support, and at the same time you can push on some of the like, well, I could never do that. I I do this or this. And I'm like, yeah, but you, I mean, it's 24 hours in the day, you know? So like people are like, oh, I can't get up that early. And I'm like, if it's important to you to like watch NBA basketball until like 11, then that's your choice. Mm-hmm. That's totally rad. I'm glad that you find joy in NBA basketball. Um, yeah. It's just not what I focus my time on.
0: For sure. Um, Peter, what's next for you? What's... Uh... Uh, Oh, man. So, um,
1: I'm, you know, the things I've, I've talked about, I'm, I'm working on this book, which requires, I've been describing it as like trying to put the first coat on a house, first coat of paint. Um, I got really wrapped around my own in my own head around, okay, if I'm going to write this book, it needs to be good. And in the pursuit of writing, well, I, it like ground me to a halt. I like, I couldn't get the words down. And then I realized, okay, I I need to. And then other people who have written long form told me this. They're like, you need to like write it. You need to embrace the suck of writing a shitty first draft. You know. And it's like saying, like, okay, I'm not in shape. I just need to be willing to get out there and move slower. I mean, so many people. The answer is like, run slower. Just go run slower. Thank you. And it's like, it's just like wild how that's. I mean, I sent it to one of my athletes. I was like, I got the. Uh, I typically run at seven minute pace. I got out the door the other day at uh, 10 minute pace and I was loving life. I was just like, hey, it's dark, I'm tired. I'm just gonna like feel the flow and the love of the movement. Um, and so from a writing perspective, I'm trying to embrace that same spirit of like, just get the words down. Um, hopefully not at a slower pace, but like at a quality don't mm. try to maximize the quality of each word. Um, and, and then honestly, from a competitive perspective, I'm really in a moment of trying to figure it out because um, as we discussed earlier, like replicating the same goals doesn't really work. Like assuming that because something motivated you before, I'm finding very true it to be true that it doesn't necessarily motivate me further. So I'm trying to figure out both what events or activity, like what style of events, um, I could do that would inspire me. Um, and because I'm coaching athletes now I'm like, damn, if I don't want to like go to that race and like bike along and cheer them on and be there for them. So I get really like, I mean, in 2018, 2019 people reached out to have me coach them and I declined for all sorts of reasons, but really it was like, I had no mental energy or, emotional energy to spare it was all in on this goal of mine and it's not um and so now i'm finding like as i get really so i'm flying to new york city on thursday oh um, cool because i'm so excited and i'm going to see people a few people i have been working with run and i'm going to cheer on others and i'm like i have it's been i mean i went to boston in the spring and that was its own experience that i'm like trying to make sense of because I think I've talked about this, like I was literally out there at Boston and I was like, people are like, come on, Bromka, let's go. Da, da, da. And I was just like, oh, wow. Oh shit. I don't need to run well today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have run well on this course multiple times and I have not, I like found out at mile eight, I had nothing to prove to myself, yeah. which is like not totally true because like you can always be like, well, you could run well given your fitness and on the day and like given your age and blah, 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 But like, I felt it so intensely back in 2016, 2017, 2019. Mm-hmm. I was like a madman. Like, you know, I wasn't going to like slip into depression if I didn't run well, but I was like, the definition of success is defined by, you know, that finish clock. Let's go. And now I'm like, Oh, it'd be fun to like run. Well, and Like, <laughs> just so, so different. Um, so I'm trying to like come out of that experience. I'm I'm trying to write about it, but the essay is just keeps getting jammed in my brain Um, because I don't know where it leads yet. So I don't, it's like a little bit of a tense arc and maybe I could end it in some manner saying that, like, I don't know what the next challenge is that will allow me to be dead set on it. Um, And I think eerily I know, and the reader would probably know like that not knowing that means like it's very, it's an open question of, will I, have goals that capture me in the same way, like maybe I need to abstract it and be like, well, they might. goals will be part of my life, but maybe they'll capture my imagination in a slightly different way. Um, So yeah, it's something I'm making sense of. So for instance, like I'd love to run New York City again, but I don't know more to experience the experience because when I say like, what would my goal be? It's like a big, bright red alert. Like uh, you might not actually be able to channel caring intensely. I mean, you know, in the way that I talk to a lot of athletes and they're like, they want to run a certain time. And that really, because underneath it, there's like so much opportunity to prove. And I proved to themselves, proved to others. I've called I've written about it on Instagram a few times as like redefining your runner identity through these difficult experiences. Yeah. And what I know is like, I was saying to a friend who's a writer, I was like, you just got to like not worry about like proving to others that you're worthwhile as an athlete and like all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, Peter, but like, you already did that. You did it. Like you did it multiple times over multiple years. So it's easy for you to say that. And I was like, oh shit, you're kind of right. Like Mm -hmm. it's easy for me to say like the true definition of success isn't in that finishing clock. And yet like, trying pursuing that got me really far and moved me through like these amazing life experiences so I that was a healthy reframe for me to not just say like oh don't care about the clock don't care about people's approval it's like you she's like you have heaps of that sitting on your doorstep (laughs) and I'm like yeah okay so yeah I'm I'm trying to figure out how to like what is my style going to be of like going to these events and tapping into that and connecting with it and supporting others and um like how much does competition still play a part in that because i love ripping down the road i love Mm -hmm. working out i Mm -hmm. love running lots of mileage um but like applying it so i mean some of that will be starting to look at different trail races for 24 yeah like just like tapping into different communities but again there's a lot there so that i have to figure out so Um,
0: you have all the access where you are so that's uh oh yeah yeah that's uh you know You know, explore it and, you know, embrace it. And, you know, uh, you are where you are right now, as we've been saying. And there's there's pleasure in that too. And like, even myself, like I've been knocking on this time, getting back to that number. It's like, I can't Mm -hmm. crack it quite yet. And uh, Mm -hmm. I have questions, you know, but I keep running and keep trying to, I guess, accept my fitness for where it's at. At this current mm-hmm. age, at this current time, life situation, you know, um, doesn't mean I'm not trying hard. But I just kind of like you just go out and do your best on the day, and if that's satisfying for you, which it is for me right now, then good. Then that's good. Yeah, yeah. and I'm always happy at the end. So um, yeah, I have those <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Authentic
1: things. I was just just finding those things that are authentically like inspiring to you. Yeah, you know, not yeah. what other people. Want.
0: I have a half on Sunday. What advice would, oh, wow. you give, would you give me?
1: Oh man. Um, well actually another coach told me that he told his athlete walk across the starting line. And I was like, "That's oh, it's not bad advice. I mean, no, maybe if you're at the very front of the pack and they're about to get a stampede, yeah. but it's just this, that idea of like, it's so easy to get out over your skis in a half marathon that it's like, it's not obviously a, as long as a marathon where you, I always say in a marathon, there's always more miles to prove yourself. Like don't try to prove yourself in any one of the miles. Um, but for a half marathon, I am acutely aware of like the, the heart rate spike can be so intense given how long it is that there's like a incongruentness. Like there's a mismatch there, which is like, you can jack your heart rate straight through the roof, and then you still have well over an hour to go yeah you know so it's like try to i try to like think through for a half you know what are the like i love getting offline and get like getting off fast and that's fine because you can burn off some energy and do it in like you know for the first 30 seconds to a minute but then it is really like trying to like (laughs) settle into like yeah 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 flying and then it's like um and then it's like trying to check your ego for at least like so that you're able to again, like that spiral, you know, like you're either spiraling upward or downward. So it's like right. trying to set yourself up for that, like, not necessarily going out. It might maybe in fact sprinting off the line quite quickly, but then settling into a pace that feels like okay, like I have a deep seated confidence that this is going to build me towards like charging that last, you know, five to seven k. Mm-hmm, um, and that mm-hmm. to me, I, I feel like is the biggest thing for a lot of people. I know it has been for me. It's like, if I get out with insecurity, I like hang on to back of a pack. And then, um, I mean, most classically I've like for, thought I was at mile eight and I was at mile seven, you know, it's like that way of like, your brain is already like, please get me closer to the finish. And you're like, nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just you can't uh, will it. You can't think it. You yeah. You can't. can't will it. Exactly. <laughs> nope. No, I've already
1: written this mile in my mind. It's like, nope, nope. <laughs>
0: Well, Peter, I mean, uh, I promised an hour and a half we've, we've broken that, <laughs> that barrier um, and we could talk for another three hours as we did, you know, I think we did two in a bit the, the first time, but <laughs> I'll, I'll end it here. And I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate your thoughts and your openness and your vulnerability and, and everything you, you do and you say. And I certainly feel your authenticity come through in this conversation, but also in your pieces. And I hope people have a chance to read at least a few of them. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: And I mean, I always say, like, I love hearing from runners. So, Bromka at gmail.com is at the bottom of most of my essays. It's just, like, wonderful to hear from people. So, thank you for having
0: me today. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Just In Stride podcast. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Please take a minute after this to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. With your feedback, we'll be able to make the show even better, and it'll help us reach new listeners, too. You can also find us on Instagram at JustinStridePod for all the latest episodes and updates. Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without a solid team behind me. With logo and design by Vanessa Pugliese, as well as audio, music, and editing by Forrest McKay, a huge thank you goes out to both of them. Guest outreach, social media, writing, and advertising are handled by me, your host, Justin Pugliese. Finally, we'd like to thank you, our listeners, for coming along for the ride with Justin Stride.